This is Billy Carson with ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. Forbidden Knowledge TV has just reached its one-year anniversary. That's right, one year. And as a show of appreciation, we are giving all new subscribers a free 30-day trial of ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. That's 30 days to binge watch thousands of movies, documentaries, conferences, workshops, lectures, yoga classes, meditation courses, and so much more. So log on to ForbiddenKnowledge.tv from your computer or mobile device or get the Forbidden Knowledge TV app on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play today and use coupon code 30DAYSFREE. That's coupon code 30 days free on ForbiddenKnowledge.tv today. Hey everyone, welcome to the Forbidden Knowledge Podcast. I'm Billy Carson, aka Forbidden Knowledge. This is going to be another amazing podcast. I have a great guest today, former NBA player Katino Mobley and champion in the Big Three that was started by Ice Cube, the rapper who created this incredible uh, basketball league for, for when players come out of the NBA that have still got legs, that still have a lot of energy, that can still perform. And I've been to some of those games. They're so incredible. If you don't know who he is, Katino Mobley was drafted into the NBA in 1998. And he played for the Houston Rockets, which is where I remember him really the most, just coming out of the gate. What an incredible, incredible rookie. Uh, Also, the Orlando Magic, Sacramento Kings, the Los Angeles Clippers as well. Um, You know, some of his career highlights was NBA All-Rookie second team in 1999. Uh, Just an an energetic uh, lightning bolt of a guard. Uh, He's about my height, about six foot four. Just an incredible player and an incredible person on and off the court. Now that I've gotten to speak with him now, you know, over the last probably year, year and a half. So I'm very pleased and happy to present Katino Mobley to the Forbidden Knowledge Podcast. So welcome to the show, Katino. Look, it's great to have you on the show. Um, I've been following you for many, many years, and it's a real pleasure uh, that you would even accept the opportunity to come on the Forbidden Knowledge podcast. So welcome, man. Yeah, listen, man, it's an honor, man. I've been following you as well. And um, your brilliance for me is um, over and listening to a lot of different things that you have put out there to kind of, um, you know, connect my third eye uh, for me. Um, I've always been a, um, a student, mm. um, especially of uh, people w- with so much knowledge. Um, and, uh, when I was younger, man, you couldn't get me to read a book, you know, uh, <laughs> maybe I think that was because one, I'm dyslexic and two, mm. uh, my household wasn't really like that. We're more workers. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, and, and the older I got, the more I started to love reading, the love understanding a lot more wow. of how life is and what I think in my perspective, how life is. So yeah. thanks for having me on, man. Hey man, it's great. It's a pleasure. And I'm glad you kind of really started because we want to really give, you know, uh, my listeners and my viewers a little bit of an idea of how you got started, you know, where you came from, how you got started. And when did you first discover basketball? Yeah. Okay. So, so funny, man. Um, my family, we grew up, uh, I'm from Philadelphia. So, you know, in Philadelphia, as soon as you come out the womb, you, you got to learn how to box. Wow. So my father was a boxer and my brother okay. and my cousins and everybody, we were boxers. My uncles are boxers and football players. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, for me, I started that first at six years old, seven wow. years old in football and played all the way up until about, I think, about 14. That's when I broke my collarbone and I was one of the top in playing football. And I picked up a basketball at 13, believe it or not. My mom, she played basketball. So she was teaching me her thing. Mm. And, um, you know, she comes from Saluda, South Carolina. And she moved to Philadelphia. Her and the family moved to Philadelphia back when she was a teenager. Okay. So, yeah, so she she hooped in high school, and she was pretty good. And, of course, she was shorter. Um, and, uh, you know, met my dad, and I came along. And my dad's very athletic, super tall. You know I mean? You know, he's 6'4", 6'5". Okay. He's built, built just the same. You know, and he was an athlete himself. But, he, you know, my dad was in the streets a lot. Mm. But, um, you know, um, for me, man, uh, I think I think for some people, you're just born to do it. You know, yeah. uh, whether it's uh, you have that line in you, that dog in you. And I, I obsess over things. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, uh, in, in growing up, I think I met Kobe. I met Kobe. I think Kobe was about 12. Damn. Years wow. old at the time. I was yeah, I was uh, 15, 16. Um, Alvin Williams, who played for the Toronto Raptors and. Mm-hmm. Portland Trailblazers, Rasheed Wallace, uh, Aaron McKee, Eddie Jones. So I had a – it was a Malcolm Gladwell outliers thing for me. Mm. Um, And and just not even that, man. Um, Growing up in Philadelphia, you had Jill Scott to live around the corner and Kevin Hart lived over here and (laughs) this person lived over there. And it's like – Crazy. Yeah, you start getting older and you're like, wow, there's a lot of us successful people that surrounded around each other. And I don't know if that's the energy – or whatever it was, but, um, you know, very driven people. And I was talking to a friend of mine about that. Um, actually, Sunday, my mm. he's he's like my brother, mm. Ryan Preston, who's the president of Warner Chapel. Uh, he had a birthday party uh, at his house. And uh, Troy Carter, who was one of the first black investors when it comes to tech um, mm. and uh, startups um, where I, that I know of. Yeah. Um, and uh, Troy and I was just speaking about that and how much success just from Philadelphia alone. I don't know if it's in the water, the soil, or whatever it is. It's a lot of us that came out of there yeah. uh, and beat the odds, right? That right. You know, being a murder capital of the country and, and for a numerous amount of years and being able mm-hmm. to escape a certain amount of things, man, is it's, it's something I can't really explain, right? It's just it's, it's some type of destiny that's in yeah. there. But uh, basketball was a love that I had inside me that every single day. It's like, you know how you be hungry? Oh, yeah. And burn, that's, that's the kind of feeling I had for it. And then mm. the love of it yeah. was overwhelming. It was so obsessive that I had to look at it, go play it, go see who else is playing it. <laughs> Damn, yeah. Follow from there. Nice. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I you know, I didn't get to your level. I played basketball late. 
I was okay. playing soccer first. Nice. My soccer son, I love you play soccer. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then one day I was cutting through the field. We had just got to this new neighborhood, and I was cutting through the field to mm-hmm. go to soccer practice. Mm-hmm. And there's this elementary court out there, uh, Miami Northern Elementary. They had the mm-hmm. elementary, the middle school, and the high school all in one row. Okay. And there's these kids out there who I just met in the new school out there trying to dunk on the seven-foot goals and the eight-foot goals. And I'm walking by, and the guy goes, hey, can you dunk? And I was like, dunk? I didn't even know what dunk was, okay? Guess how far behind I was. Right. And I was 13, and I went over, and I, I gave it a try, and I almost got it in. The footwork and everything was yeah. perfect on the first try. And that got me right, right. After that, I was like an addict. You know what I'm saying? I had right. to go every day, all day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know how it that's is. That's how it Start is, too, seven man. Foot, eight foot. Huh? Yes, that's how it is. Yeah, yeah. That's how Very it is. And, see, and basketball, for me, in living, being from Philadelphia, every playground was filled up. So that energy of like, even when you watching or, yeah. you know, guys are just hooping. You're like, I want to get in there. I want to yeah. feel this one, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, guys are starting playing on Sundays at 6 a.m. Yeah. So if you can get there before the old heads, you probably can, you know, you got next and you pick mm-hmm. four guys. And that's how it started for me. And my uncle wow. used to take me up there. And that's why I, I kind of learned that basketball work ethic where it's like, if you want to get on a court, you got to earn it. Mm-hmm. And okay, first you get on there, you practice first, and then before everybody gets here, you you pick your spot and blah blah blah, and then it spirals again from there for me to just learn how to be first, right? Yeah. Get there first, right? Practice first, mm-hmm. you know, leave it on the leave it on the field or leave yeah. it on the court. So, you know, uh, uh, some great memories, man, growing up playing ball. Yeah, it takes a lot of discipline. And when I got older, I, I created a sports team in my city. Okay. And I had, you know, AAU program, USA program, a junior Olympic program, you, you know, you team USA. And I would start developing all these players. I, I started with boys basketball, but the, the Eagles were that even at a young age, the Eagles is too crazy for me. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, and my, my daughter came to me one day and was like, uh, I want to play basketball now. I'm like, but you're 12. You can't even dribble yet. Yeah. And so she wanted to do it. So I, I said, okay, so I started working with her. She started picking up real quick. Yeah. And then I said, wow. And so I put her on a team and the team was just leaving her on the bench. And I knew she was better than everybody on the team. Not because I was her dad, just because right. I just know talent. Right. And so I created a program and it just kept growing and growing. I had 121 players, seven teams, wow. all age groups, all the way up. And every single player got a scholarship to go to college. That's beautiful. And my daughter became a McDonald's All-American nominee. And uh, won many yeah. championships and everything else. So I've been through that process, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for you to go through that process, starting that late, and you know, a lot of people don't have the fundamentals. Like my daughter, I had to train her before school. I had to train mm-hmm. her after school. She had to basically work out seven days a week mm-hmm. to get to level where she became the uh, ESPN Hoop Girls ninety-second ranked shooting guard in the nation. Nice. But that took That's a lot cool. of work. Like that took. So how did you get the skill? Was it just naturally in you to have those ball handling skills and everything? Yeah, you know what? Um, I think what was in your daughter, what was in me was already there, mm. right? Just about us getting it out, right? right. And how, how much love that we have of really paying attention and falling in love with the process to get to mm-hmm. that moment. Yeah. Right. right. So um, for me, I couldn't walk and chew gum at the same time. I literally picked up a ball at 13. So it wasn't like I was, you know, Rashid and Al and Kobe and all of them, they they picking up balls at six and seven years old. Right. 
And I think, you know, if you, this is my opinion, if you're working on soccer, you know, track, um, swimming and boxing, you know, those four things, uh, at least three of them are survival, right? Yeah. I learn how to fight. <laughs> if you can't fight, you got to learn how to run. <laughs> you got to learn how to save yourself if you're in the water. So right. those three things I think is, is, is very important for a, a, a young child to, yeah. to early on in soccer. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think football and basketball is easier to transition into mm-hmm. because your your mobile skills are there. Yeah. You got the right? footwork so you don't have to pick a basketball up at six. Yeah. You can pick it up later. Mm-hmm. But do the swimming and the track and the learning how to run and the forming and, you know, uh, the boxing, the discipline of it and being able to yeah. get hit. And it's, and it's not personal. And let mm-hmm. me how do I strategize and do all these different things? I think that's what helped me early on, right? My yeah. father had me doing that because he wasn't a basketball player. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. My my youngest son, who's now twenty one, going to be twenty two, mm-hmm. he boxed for seven years. Mm-hmm. He did two a days for seven years straight. He ended up becoming the state champion in Florida for boxing for his nice. uh, weight. And then he said, "Okay, I'm done." I said, "You're done." Yeah, because you know, he had thought I'm going to be going to the Olympics and all this other kind of stuff. Then he just said, no, I want to play basketball. I said, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Stop. You don't even know how to make a layup. Right. And here we come. I'm dusting the old. This is years later because, you know, he was like the runt. So I'm dusting yeah. all this, the dust off, my, the coaching dust off. And I'm trying to get him on the court and I'm training with him every night. But what happened with him, the footwork was already there. The the yeah. cardio, the fitness is already there, obviously. Yep. And all the yep. agility and the coordination was perfect. And within, mm-hmm. I would say, only three weeks of training, he was already knocking down shots like it was layups, jump yep. shots, three-pointers, mid-range, layups, left hand, right hand. It didn't matter what foot he went off of. He ended up making uh, – in his late, he was in the 10th grade. He actually ended up making the school basketball team, which uh-huh. was a team that only gets kids into D1s and mm-hmm. some go pro mm-hmm. down here, Northeast uh, High School, ended up mm-hmm. making the varsity team. Mm-hmm. And I was just like blown away. Like, this is crazy. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. It's wild. So you're right. That 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 uh those sports, they uh-huh. they they help you get that muscle memory, they help you get that coordination, that balance, and all that agility, and also the aggressive mindset, knowing you're gonna be making body contact, it doesn't even bother you anymore. Right, you know? so, right, right. Yeah. So yeah, so me playing football yeah. and boxing, just like LeBron and AI yeah. and Matt Barnes, a lot of yeah. guys play football, but then when they get to basketball, it's like, okay, I can right. do this too. And then like the, mm-hmm. the physicality doesn't bother me. I actually like it. Right. Right. With somebody not touching me, it's harder. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like I need the physicality to be able to read where am I going to go and how do I cut off these angles and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. All that yeah. type of stuff. But yeah, for me, that's what I, you know, and I just started to obsess over it, man. I just wanted to perfect it. Right. Whether yeah. it's my left hand, I'm left-handed. So then, you know, my right hand, when I'm on the right side and I got to do yeah. this and, and I just started to look at video and mm-hmm. why did I go outside and I go and I do it. And it's, yeah. it's, it was just things like that, man. Beautiful, man. Yeah. Off. Beautiful. So you're you're a lefty Virgo. Yeah, I'm a lefty Virgo. Yeah, no, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah, lefty That's Virgo. Crazy. Yeah, September you know fourth. You know how my brain goes. Yeah, I already know. We're I'm, in our I'm right mind. First, I'm September first. Okay. Wow. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Me crazy. and Beyonce are September the fourth. Yeah, you and B. Yep. You and B. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We uh, yeah. my brother actually um married her sister Solange. Okay. Uh, years ago, of course, because they had a baby, which yeah. is Jules, my nephew. Um, so we were all close um, nice. for a long period of time. I mean, we yeah. still all cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's cool. 
Yeah, that's so crazy, man. In my coaching process, one thing I did learn when my daughter and my son, my oldest son and my oldest daughter, I got five, but the oldest two, when they got to the high school level and my daughter started getting offers uh, in the ninth grade, which is rare for girls, and my son was getting looked at and he was ESPN ranked and I was like, my oldest son, and I started evaluating how many kids go through this bottleneck mm-hmm. to make it to the pros. And it turned out to be 500,000 boys play high school basketball, mm-hmm. 500,000 nationwide. Mm-hmm. Out of that, <laughs> it's only about a little bit under 100,000 that actually make it to college. Mm. And out of that, you're talking about what, 40, 50 to actually go pro. Right. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a tight bottleneck, man. I mean, yeah, it, just, sure. it just drops, you know? For sure. And so when did you start realizing that all this work ethic and all this time you were putting in was going to put you in that position? When did it first really dawn on you? Like, hey, I got a chance to go pro. You know, it's funny you say that because uh, I was on, um, uh, we have a group chat of myself, Jameer Nelson, Mm -hmm. Alvin Williams, Rasheed Wallace, all of us. And we were talking about the younger guys now. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it, right? You're talking billions of dollars, right? Because you can get to billions of dollars because one is in your mindset. I listen to how you talk, right? You're manifesting these things the more you talk about it. Mm -hmm. You know, back in the day, a million dollars was something, right? Right. So in saying that, I'm going to pivot back to what you asked me is we weren't talking about the pros. We were talking about getting the scholarship at Mm. first. Right. So a lot of younger dudes are literally practicing with pros or if they're not practicing with pros, they're practicing with the trainer that trains pros. So they're learning pro stuff early at 15, 16, 17. We didn't get that. We didn't have that luxury. We were playing against each other. Yeah. Wow. So the mindset for a lot of these younger cats. Right. That's like you giving them a a, a beta or a VHS. It's like, wait, what is what is this? <laughs> Right, like, I don't right. think like that. <laughs> We're streaming, pop. Like, what are mm-hmm. you doing? Yeah. Their mindset is totally different. So for me, my mindset, once I was able to see it, mm-hmm. but I'm by playing with one or two pros, I'm like, oh, I, oh, I'm okay. Yeah. And then it's just like you, you want to try to dunk, and you're like, oh, I can get up there. Mm-hmm. Okay, a little bit more technique. Okay, push off of this leg a little bit more. You yeah. start to develop, and you you advance that fast. Because mm-hmm. now something inside you just it's like, oh, I'm used to it because I've done this before in another life or another mm-hmm. dimension. Like, I don't know. Like, that's just yes. how I feel. Once I'm like, why do I know this? Or why does it feel familiar? Let me try to open up this door yeah. because it's like something I'm already knowing. Mm-hmm. Let me get more familiar with it. And that's for me, it was like 18 years old starting to play. I mean, I picked the ball at 13 by 18. I'm I'm running five on five with pros. Man, incredible. So I'm looking at that like, okay, they busting my butt, but I can play. Yeah, you're in there. You can play. Let me keep going. Let me do some more push-ups. Let me do some pull-ups. Let me yeah. give me more shots up. Right. And let me just stay in the course. And then that's what for me by 19, I'm like, I can I can go pro. Mm. You know, and then my now it's about your regiment, right? Mm-hmm how you sleep, how much you practice. And yeah. that, that, that would becomes obsessive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I remember Kobe talking about how he would obsess over practice and training when everybody was sleeping and nobody was practicing in the off time, off season, mm-hmm. how he would just go in and go in and go in so he can create that distance between everyone in terms of his skill set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's incredible. You have to have that, 
that determination, that drive. But I like something that you did say with regards to the fact that you felt like you had done this before, like the information was already coming to you. <laughs> yeah. You know? And yeah. it's a possibility of two things, actually. One possibility as you were already an athlete at a high level before. And so all of these things were already, you know, in your in your DNA, so to speak. Right. Right. Because mm-hmm. you can only there's only so many configurations of the human avatar body. There's mm-hmm. genetic reoccurrences all the time. That's why you see people that are doppelgangers. They look just like you. You know, yeah. there's people out there. Yeah. Those are that's there's only so many ways to configure this thing. You know what I mean? Right. So you're going to get doppelgangers. You're going to get people that look like you're going to get people that sound alike, people that yeah. smile alike. You can have two different races of people that have the same face. I've seen that's that many so times. Yeah. You know, and so you can also be an incarnation because I just I just believe incarnations is, is real. Just my personal opinion. Me too. But, you know, yeah, you do. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. You know, and also because of, I believe the Akashic records are real. Mm-hmm. And so the Akashic records is this record of information from every thought that existed since the beginning of the first thought, mm-hmm. which is the sound and frequency that created the entire universe. Mm-hmm. And so scientists discovered that this thing is actually there mm-hmm. because what they were started analyzing is um, radio waves from like I Love Lucy, 1960s. Mm-hmm. Those radio waves move out at the speed of light and radio waves are actually light waves. How about this? You said I Love Lucy. Yeah, I love Lucy. Yeah. I'm at my kid's god. I'm in transition of getting another house. So I'm okay. at my kid's godparents' house. I'm in their guest house. Yeah. The father, my 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 her name is Sadie, Sadie mm-hmm. Novello. Uh her father is one of the creators of I Love Lucy. That's crazy. <laughs> you just said that. Out of all you just said, her father is one of the creators, literally, yeah. of I Love Lucy. Yeah. And her brother is one of the writers, first writers of Saturday Night Live. Listen, we're living in a simulation, man. It's only one degree of separation. It's so crazy <laughs> you just said that. Yeah. Wow. And, it was, and it's real. And so if I was in a distant galaxy and I can pick up those light waves from the Isle of Lucy transmission from Earth, mm-hmm. I can actually decode it if I have the technology and I can watch the show. Mm-hmm. Light waves they penetrate and, and they, they go into the ether permanently and they persist on forever. Right. And so guess what else does the same thing? Every thought you think. Thoughts yeah. are generated. They generate light waves, waves of light that you can't see with the naked eye because we can only see 1% of the light spectrum. Mm-hmm. But those light waves leave out of your skull. And we know this because I could put a cap on your head that has electrodes that, could, can, that can pick up those light waves mm-hmm. and send the data to a computer. And I can see what your brain is doing and scan your brain while you're thinking in real right. time. Right. So those light waves penetrate. They go out with encoded bits of data, whatever you were thinking about is on those light waves and they go out permanently and right. they exist in the energetic grid that connects everything in the entire universe. That's so crazy. Now what's add to add to that scientists discovered that our thought patterns in our own brains, they actually phase in and out of the third dimension. And what they believe they're doing now is that our thought patterns are these synapses between the neurons are quantum entangling with other data sources out there somewhere in either the same universe or even higher dimensions. Right. So it means that what I'm trying to point I'm trying to make is you can have an idea or a feeling or understanding of something and not figure out how the heck did I know this, but it could be literally an actual real download of information. Dang. Your body could be picking up the right specific exact frequency needed consciously to entangle with that information and bring it into your body. And you are the one specific person that has the capability of of uh, of uh, discerning the information well enough that you can actually manifest it in your body parts and actually execute 
those ideas and those concepts. So it's, you know, it's science is getting really close now to understanding how this thing is really working. It's pretty powerful stuff. And it's so funny you say that because for me, it's like, um, especially when like, um, okay, so in, in transitioning from basketball to like the business world and knowing I have to wake up early and I got to read more. So I'm behind because there's certain businessmen that like I was behind when I picked up a ball at 13. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is a little more difficult because you're using the money that you earn to either lose it or <laughs> gain more kind of yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, for me, um, I try to, I try, and I'm not great at it yet, but I try to, while I'm manifesting it, mm-hmm. I try to keep the doubt out. Mm. So I'm like, I'll try to read something positive to like, get it away mm-hmm. that I want this deal to work. Yeah. So, you know, and, bec- you know, listen, I, when I'm, when I'm playing basketball, I can control it. When you're doing business, you can't control it because this this guy, then this guy, and then this and this, and then yes. you got to go to this, and we got to sign these papers to do this, and you might like it's a little different. But at that ball, I can control the outcome. Yeah. Right. This is a little different, so I'm trying to figure out how do I. So I'm working on these deals right now, mm-hmm. and if they're closed, you know, when, when they close, I don't like saying if when yeah. they close, you know, now it's on to the next one. But this is going to be a, a really nice pickup. Yeah. And I'm trying my best to like bring the my basketball, boxing, football kind of strong mindset into this because there's moments where I wake up and I'm like, I feel, I feel good about it today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's like someone else is upset what about whatever percentage or this, that, whatever. And I'm like, get it out of your head. Leave it alone. Right. Stop. Like I try to like shut it off before, yeah. or, you know, because you know, we obsess over so right. much stuff, right? And I don't want it to push me away from the goal itself. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. That makes great sense. Actually, you're doing the right thing. What you're doing is something that we call in heart math call brain-heart coherence. Mm -hmm. So what happens is you have two brains. You have the heart and the brain, and they're aligned on a a specific frequency. And what happens is when negative things start to come in and blindside you that you don't even see coming because you're thinking, oh, everything's working out great. Then all of a sudden, here comes somebody complaining about this or complaining about their, this ain't working out. We got to do this. Not jump. We got to jump through that hoop, this hoop. And what happens is you then can lose your alignment because you start doubt, self-doubt starts creeping in. Frustration starts creeping in. Mm-hmm. And then uh, all of a sudden, it seems like, well, maybe this thing is, you, you know, you're thinking maybe it's not going to work out. But that's the moment that you have to stop yourself, which is what you've been doing. I teach this in the classes. You have to stop yourself and realign yourself your brain and your heart realignment, take 10, 15 really deep, eight second to 10 second deep breaths. Okay. Calm your heart rate down and focus on positivity. Focus on something that happened to you good. Focus on, it could be anything, you know, the birth of your first child and you're holding them in your arms, whatever. It could be anything. Wherever made you feel good, like you said, pick up a book, something. Distract yourself from that. Focus on positivity, positive right. affirmation. Speak positive to yourself because that will get you back in alignment. And once you're back in alignment and your heart rate is calm and your mind is clear, then you can focus on solutions. Mm-hmm. But once you move into that that misalignment phase, all of a sudden solutions seem like like mountains, right? Instead of little tiny you know hills of sand, right? And, you know, so once you get in alignment, you check yourself. So stop. Wait a minute. Let me get my brain back in alignment with my heart. Let me focus. Right. Let me get some positivity going. Let me step back for a minute and then come back. And then when you do that. All of a sudden, little things start happening that will help you get that situation taken care of, fixed, or resolved. 
or at least addressed in a way that, you know, maybe not everybody's 100 percent happy, but at least you can continue to move forward. You know? Yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense. I was just writing that down because I think yeah. that's that's something where I was telling myself, like, no, listen, you know, it's like, listen, when I I feel a certain way, especially when I was playing ball, ball is my therapy. So, yeah. you know, um, it, it makes sense. And this is to all the listeners that are out there that want to be amazing at whatever it is they do. So I would take basketball. So say if I had a bad game, you've been through that, where you had a bad shooting game. Yeah, I don't dwell on it. What I do is I don't only I don't I not only watch the video of the game prior, but I go out there and I get more shots up, mm-hmm. right? Because I want to get keep myself positive because I know it's going to be moments yeah. where the more I obsess over this and the more I shoot 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 shoot, I'm going to get myself out of that negative alignment kind mm-hmm. of thing. So that makes sense. Uh, but I just use it in the basketball term because that's what I did when I played ball, right? So mm-hmm. me, Steve Francis, and I, you know, we have a bad one. Boom! Right after right after the game, we're not going out with everybody else. We're going to get some shots up, yeah. Right? When it practice at ten, we're there eight getting shots up again. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's you know, I, I try my best to like bring that into this world. Mm-hmm. But the only thing is, is like we control the the game. This one, you can't really control it. Yeah. The only thing you control is your mindset. So. That's it. You're right. You can only control your mind. Yeah. But you always have to remember that everything exists in multiple states of reality. So every probability exists all at the same time. Huh. So all the probabilities of these business dealings and transactions and things you're trying to accomplish, even the games you were playing in, they all different outcomes exist simultaneously. In quantum physics, we call it in superposition of one another. And so we can't control the collective consciousness because we're collectively with everybody on the planet helping to create reality collectively. Mm-hmm. But when you get to a smaller scale, we have a little bit more control over our reality tunnel. Mm-hmm. So collectively, mass consciousness is, is being engaged by billions of people. Mm-hmm. But individually, we have this reality tunnel where in the uh, Sumerian tablets, I study these extensively, as you know. The Anunnaki call themselves certain ones. They call themselves ordainers of destiny. And so what they would do is they would analyze potential future outcomes of a situation on this planet that they were involved in. And then they would focus in on one particular outcome that best suited them after they evaluated all the potential outcomes or as many as they can as they can envision. And then what they would do is they would then put together a plan to put all the thoughts and process and energy into that outcome to make it a part of their reality tunnel. In other words, they would ordain their own destiny. They would see it through by playing they these will it. They these will will it. Willing it. They would will it, but they would also be heavily and intricately involved in all the different steps to make sure that this one and that one plug together in this situation and that situation happened this way so that this can happen over here. That's so funny because that's basketball. Yeah. <laughs> like, think about it, right? Like, that's like, all right, you know what? What I'm going to do is just pick and roll. What he's going to do is I'm going to make him shift. He's going to come up. I'm going to yes. make sure this, boom, boom, boom. And then the next time, I know what they're going to do. He's going to try to help over here. So I want you to listen. When you see him do this, I want you to, like, we, I think that way. Yes. Now, when right. I'm playing. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm literally making things happen mm-hmm. before they happen. So when they happen, they're like, oh, wow, I can't believe you saw him. Yeah, I made him do that. Exactly. And what, that, and what that is, is you time traveled. Yeah. You time traveled with your consciousness. So what you did was 
You created ripples in the space-time continuum that altered your future reality in this third dimension. So basically what happens is, um, so your mind is going out. You put the pod, you put the intention out there as to what you're trying to manipulate and create in this matrix system. You're trying mm-hmm. to manipulate the matrix. And you actually then pre-see all the future events. Mm-hmm. And so that realm is more real than the realm where we are and what we call what we think is the physical realm. The ethereal realm is more real than this realm. This realm is actually on a time delay. Everything that we experience in the third dimension, we experience now, scientists found out, up to seven seconds delayed. Mm. And what they did was they put people in a room, many people in different rooms, and they put these images up on the TV screen. They connected the computer to their, uh, to their minds, their thoughts, to see what the thoughts look like. They were trying to just map out emotional imprints of when people see different images on the screen. And they would show each image 10 seconds in advance of each other. Now, what happened was they would show a picture of a, of a, of a field of roses. Okay, this is what the brain is experiencing when it sees this. They would show a woman kissing a baby. Then they would show somebody getting stabbed or shot or building burning down, a car accident. They were mixing tragedy with tranquility mm-hmm. to see how the brain responded. Right. What happened in every case study, all of a sudden, the people, all of them, started the brain was transmitting to the computer up to seven seconds in advance what the next image was going to be. And they said, Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. They were like, wait a minute. So they started doing this thing over and over and over again. And the same thing kept happening all over the world and all the experiments. So they realized that we're living in a up to seven second delayed response time. And so when it would now, as I dug deeper into this and analyzing and researching Athletes. I started with really with like Michael Jordan, to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. How is he so far ahead of all the movements and everybody on the court? How does he manipulate this thing to, to play like this? And I started realizing that sports is a form of meditation. Anything mm-hmm. that you do good, that you do well, and that you really attune to is a form of an actual meditation. Mm-hmm. Meditation is not just sitting down in the lotus position with your fingers out and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. It's actually anything that you can be walking meditation. You can be a, a carpenter in meditation. Uh-huh. I realized that when you get into these different meditations, when you get into what we call the flow state, you've been in it before many times, instead of actually reacting, in other words, you imagine you're a person in the ocean and the wave is crashing over you. People, most people are waiting for the wave to crash before they recognize what moments happen to them. Uh-huh. When you're in a meditative state, you get into flow state, you get closer to real time. So now you're riding the wave and you're closer to real time information. So the wave never crashes over you. You're experiencing more direct information from source mm-hmm. and your your body is quicker. Your mind is quicker. Your reaction, your response, everything is ahead of everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's a real amazing thing. Just like birds, birds experience our, our, um, this reality at a much faster pace than we do. So that's why it's hard to catch a bird or even catch an uh, insect, for example. Mm-hmm. They see us as moving in complete slow motion. We're like barely moving to birds yeah everything for them is like like this they experience time totally differently and that's kind of what happens in a kind of a weird explanation but of what's happening with us we experiencing time in a minute when we get into that flow state mind state we're experiencing time closer to real source which allows us to look like we're maneuvering around and doing all this stuff and everybody's just standing still when in reality we're just closer to real time you can Mm -hmm. never really truly truly get on real time because there's a delay factor in how consciousness is stepped down through all 11 dimensions. It comes down to from the 11th all the way down to the third. 
just like gravity comes from the 11th to the third. That's why gravity is one of the weakest forces in science. It's multidimensional. So is consciousness. Consciousness is stepping down from outside of the universe and it's actually coming down through layers before your, your avatar picks up a specific frequency of that consciousness. Mm-hmm. All of us are all the same. There's only one consciousness, but each one of us is attuned to a slightly different frequency on that same dial. Just like a radio station can broadcast out 99.1, 99.2, 99.3 coming from right. one source. Right. And that's, that's what it is. We're all the, the same. I'm talking to you, but I'm really talking to myself. And when you're talking to me, you're just talking to yourself, you know? And so it's pretty so, interesting. So I was watching this movie. It was with um, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, man. And it's called uh, Stellar. Or Interstellar. Interstellar. With the, the, the dimensions. Yes. And I was yeah. sitting like, what if I'm like here right now doing this to Billy? But then six other times we're talking about something. <laughs> real. Like, it blew me up. That's I, real. So like, what the heck? That's like, real. Yeah, it's a tesseract. So in Interstellar, he was in the tesseract, which is a fourth dimensional space time cube. After you ascend past the third dimension, you move into the fourth, fifth, sixth dimension. And the third, we call fourth, we call time the fourth dimension. We add three dimensions of space and one dimension of time. But once you surpass the third dimension and you go out of it, you actually end up where time doesn't exist. And so in the movie, what they showed was a great explanation of how a person at that dimension could experience looking into the third. And so when you're looking down into the third dimension, you see the past, present and future are happening all at once. And so that's what's happening. So imagine you're in a house like he was looking at the house and his daughter is different ages in different rooms at different times, it's all happening happening simultaneously because the past and the and the future don't even exist. Mm-hmm. It's only the moment of now that actually exists. But outside of the third dimension, you can actually see it. Just like if we draw, take a, pa- a paper and draw a house on a piece of paper, that's two mm-hmm. dimensions. Because we're in the third dimension, we can see into the house, we can see what's in the closet, we can see what we drew, we can see underneath the roof. Whatever we want to see, we can add, we can break it apart, we can wall up and throw it away. We're mm-hmm. at a higher dimension. Okay. So imagine them being now in the fourth dimension, fifth dimension. Um, they just peel us like you know, like an onion. You know what I mean? It's 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 too easy. That's um, so funny. That's yeah. we were um who I was speaking to someone about this is a while ago, I don't know, maybe a year ago. And um this one guy, he, you know, he of course he's small minded because he was oh athletes, you know, we all do this, do I'm like, mm-hmm. you be surprised athletes are when they're moving right like we think a million times faster than you do right like i don't think he really understood where i was coming from i couldn't really explain it in a way where it's like it's like you playing chess like right you got you see all these different moves as soon as you see the board after that person moves it once we think like that when the game is flowing mm. Right, like literally taking the ball, dribbling it, watching what's going on, knowing the time, the 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 the, the clock, and this angle's here, and like I'm literally cutting off. Like I I I don't know how to explain it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a triangle, whether because the the, the court is actually cut up within to to me within triangles, right? Mm-hmm. Because the, the 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 point is the rim. So it's triangle, 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 right? So how do I, in all the variations, how do I get there? They don't know that. They just think like you're just dribbling the ball up and just passing it. They don't understand exactly the the intricate part, like that really deep 
peeling away the onion kind of deep inside. They don't understand like how smart a lot of these guys really are. Like LeBron James is a genius. Genius. Absolute genius. (laughs) He's a genius. People don't understand. He, 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 He knows every play from every team going back to the beginning. It don't make sense. Seriously, his brain, he'll look at the TV. Mm-hmm. And it could be soccer and football. But he knows everybody and what their moves and what they're doing. And I, 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 yeah, it's incredible. He's in, he's in, he's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 yeah. It's crazy. So athletes that make it to the professional level are literally, I consider you guys, uh, you know, superheroes, uh, you know, savants. Mm-hmm. Because even just stealing the ball from an NBA player is almost damn near impossible for the average person. Uh, even the steal, stealing the ball it, when a person's coming at you full speed or making a particular kind of super fast move. Chris Paul uh, does it the best. It, it's incredible because it's all about anticipation. Mm-hmm. It's not about, oh, there's the ball. Let me swipe it. No, no, no. you got to be moving before the ball is even in that position to mm-hmm. swipe it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, it's predeter- predetermined will. And so a lot of these things, you know, that you that you've learned through the years, you playing at that level, man. You know, if you start, well, you've already started moving those things into your business life now that you, you know, you retired. I mean, I saw you play in the big three. I saw you, I saw you uh, playing the championship game in the big three, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was sitting on the court. I was sitting right on the wood. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah I was there. That's nice, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, it was a good game. It was a good game. Yeah. And um, we were hurt. Know. Corey and I were both so hurt. Kobe called us that morning. Wow. He called us that morning. Oh, man. And mm. um, uh, I had tore my uh groin i mean um strain my groin mm-hmm. and it was really bad i had to get a shot Corey Damn. tore his hamstring Oof. both of them and he had to get shots damn so we were like the walking wounded oh my god and the only reason we won is because we just smarter right because mm-hmm. they were athletic so yeah. we were just smarter and yeah but kobe was like listen pick your spots yeah and don't move off of the spot Mm. Right. So and usually people, a lot of guys can't do that, you know, but for me, mm-hmm. it I learned it from Charles Barkley, uh, mostly Akeem Olajuwon, where he's mm. like, you know, you have to have a go to. Mm-hmm. Right. So like the championship game, when I shot that shot at the end. Yeah. That's I've been working on that since I was like 15 years old. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So as long as I can get to that spot. Mm hmm. I have ninety percent chance I'm cool. I'm yeah. not worried about nobody. Yeah, else. yeah, so exactly. That was phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful, man. It really is amazing. And you can take those same, even that, getting to your spot, that can be applied mm-hmm. into business. You know. Yes. Yes. You know, in different business deals and transactions, if I can maneuver myself in this into this position, mm-hmm. this is you know this is going to potentially yield me this, mm-hmm. and I can I can facilitate from this area here. I know the I know the pieces that I can move. Yeah, right. As long as I can move these pieces and control this area from one disposition, I, sh- I, mean, I should be okay, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I think also a lot of the hard work, but what I like about basketball is what I saw like with my, my kids is that uh, they had to multitask their whole life, you know, mm-hmm. when they started playing sports because it was always whatever sport it was, all that schoolwork being done on the road, traveling to games and traveling around the country to play in these tournaments, uh, you know, and then in the game itself, it's a multitask all along. Like you say, I got to know the clock. I got to know this. You know, AAU games have a clock, but you triple say don't have a clock. And, you know, say it's all mixed up. You got to remember all this stuff, all the moving parts and pieces. And then you're working out in the morning. You're going to school. You're practicing after school. You're going to a game. You, you know, you're traveling. 
And so when you get into the real world, all of a sudden, a lot of these things that seem like they're going to be for an average person, you know, uh, too much to handle. Mm-hmm. I think that it made it a lot easier for for a lot of the kids that I saw growing up in sports and so forth uh, and playing at a higher level. I saw that they were able to handle a lot of things that came at them all at once. It was like, OK, you know, well, what do I got to do to fix this problem? What, I, what do I have to do to work this out or whatever? And so they were able to handle multiple things at once, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, whereas I see some kids who didn't uh, participate in sports at a high level. And a lot of times the first time, the first what appears to be a tragedy gets thrown at them, they kind of fold pretty easily. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny because my son, my 11-year-old, um, he's one of those savants. He's one mm-hmm. of those soccer, he's natural, right? Mm-hmm. He's a practicing five days a week in soccer. He gets out there and he's – he only practiced twice a week and he's lead score, right? Mm. And he's as fast as the lightning. Wow. Um, and then basketball, he literally just started playing basketball. Mm. Um, and he's, of course, he's transitioned the speed and, and the willing, you know, you know, basketball, you don't see a lot of guys hustling all the way back. Yeah. So, but in soccer, as you know, <laughs> you got uh, to. You like, boom, you're, he's do, using that on the basketball court. Wow. And guys, people look at me like, I'm like, Listen, I okay. I can't take credit for that. This mm-hmm. boy just he does something totally different, but he sees the game. Mm. And now it's about me like helping him really understand why you're doing it. Yeah. Right. Like some people just do it, but they don't understand why. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and and for for him, I think it's just and for anybody listening, it's just a repetition of, right? If I if if I continuously keep doing something, yeah. sooner or later it's it's going to grow into something different, right? Mm-hmm. So I gotta, you know, I, I, I gotta test it. I gotta test it out. So I'm practicing more. I'm playing more. I, all right. So now I go. I got a little higher now. Maybe play somebody older, or you know what I mean. I, I put up not 200 shots. I got to put 400 shots. And where does that get me? Because right now I may not be nine for nine from the field, but you know, throughout the, that month, you know, I, I probably got 30, you know, 33 attempt, 30 attempts from three. And I made 17 of them, right? Yeah. And because I, like, I, we have to see forward. That's why yeah. I, I practiced three times a day when I was younger, because I was trying to catch up to perfection, yeah. which right. you would never get to, right? Right. But it's just being obsessive to be a perfectionist, mm-hmm. I think, gets you to anything that you want to achieve, you know? Right. Like, Absolutely. That's yeah. great, man. This is a great inspiration for a lot of people listening. I think a lot of kids, too. Mm-hmm. And so do you have any new projects that you're working on that you want to talk about anything you're involved in that you want to you want to express to the people? Yeah, you know, I'm um I'm actually working on um a media company called Beyond Sports Media. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like Beyond Sports, what is it exactly? And my first the first kind of show podcast would be um mine with uh, interviewing people like yourself and uh, Ray Allen's and, uh, you yeah. know, ice cubes and all the very successful people. And it's called dad's point of view. Wow. So nice. it's about literally, um, you know, just us talking about life, man. And that's yeah. us, you know, I mean, I think society has like really beat us up um, uh, for so long. And I think having a voice and understanding who we are and mm-hmm. being able to understand our feelings and that it's okay to feel certain ways, mm-hmm. um, um, and, and how exciting and how amazing and sometimes how hurtful it is when you're, you know, a father and you're trying to do the best for your child. Right. I think um, 
we don't really get, we don't have that outlet. It's always a lot of, and no disrespect to women. Cause I, you know, I love my mom. I love my aunts, sisters and everybody, but they have an outlet. They, 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 you know, TV shows and the view and the talk and this and that, and they, you know, all that, yeah. but we don't really have that, that outlet. We don't have that, you know, that, um, you know, women have that psychiatrist and a psychologist like that's out yeah. there. We don't have that. Right. Yeah. And I think sometimes when you can be able to voice these different things. So another younger um, uh, a man or whoever mm-hmm. it is, or, or even an older one that's going through something, it's like, okay, wow. Billy said, okay. Katina said, okay. Kevin Hart said, yeah. yeah oh, Danny went through it too. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm not the only one. Right. You know, sometimes when we, when things happen to us, um, as they, it's, we're very um we're very narcissistic about it we're very like it's it's like it's just it just happened to me right so we kind of like as men we 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 ball it up and we 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 internalize it and which is not always a good thing sometimes you got to let it out so then it's not so bottled up and so with so much animosity so much anger so much resentment or whatever it is you know yeah uh so the more we can really communicate which was the, the the most important word is to to not only our peers but to the rest of the world i think the flow of that energy uh will mm. make a lot of us young boys turn into amazing men right I so yeah so that that's what i'm working on right now man i'm super excited and then i'm yeah. you know i'm into um this new coin the crypto coin called saitama inu Mm-hmm. Which I'll I'll talk to you about, and um, yeah. you know I'm loving the NFTs. Um, it's just something new, and it's 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 just amazing starting to learn more about that. So yeah, yeah, man. So um, nice. yeah, Black Sports Media and uh, you know Dad's point of view. I'm super nice. excited uh, to hear, like you know, like what we were just talking about, but just more so from the father's perspective. Yeah, of that's how great. Things are, yeah. That's amazing. I can't wait to promote that for you, man. I'm gonna promote that all over the place because we need that. We need yeah, it for we real. We bad. really need that. Really yeah. bad. Really bad. That's gonna be huge. Wow, yeah. nice. And so, what's your social media? Well, uh, my Instagram is Catino's Life. C U T T I N O S L I F E, and okay. uh, my Twitter is the same. I kind of keep them the same. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm usually on Instagram and Twitter, mostly Instagram. But uh, yeah, man. I um, you can you can always reach me on there, whoever it is, uh, for advice or what have you. you know, I um, you know, I'm a, like I said before, I'm a student first, um, and uh, a mentor second, right? Nice, um, beautiful. And um, I had a lot of amazing men in my life, uh, that that has passed through and that are some still here. Mm-hmm. That has blessed me. I was blessed with four parents, so mm. that has blessed me with that type of gift to be able to give back. And you know, I'm, I'm just you know, yeah. uh, it comes from a, a great place for me. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I love to see someone else that Kyle Ivory's and Jameer Nelson's and the Rasul Butler's got rest his soul, and yeah. you know uh, the, the Morrison twins and and, mm-hmm. and all these different types of guys that came up under me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love those guys, right? Um, yeah. And um, it's great to see them successful and just giving back to whoever they give back to. But I know I, I'm doing my job as a, you know, a, a brother to, yeah. to 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 these cats. And if I can give a couple of words to someone else and have them, you know, be inspired from there, like you know, listen, I'm I'm all good. Yeah, fantastic, man. Listen, it's been a pleasure. 
having you on here. I, mean, I could really talk to you for hours, man, because I think we're just on the same frequency. Yes, sir. Um, you know, but man, you're you're a great dude, man. Um, you know, I appreciate you. the support you've given my account, you know, over the last year or so, year and a half or whatever it's been. And uh I enjoy our little conversations, man. And I'm looking forward to this uh this project beyond sports to come out because I can't really really put that out there. And uh, you know, stay on because I want to talk to you off the air. But uh okay. guys, it's been another great episode of the Forbidden Knowledge Podcast. Katino Mobley came to town and he dropped some nuggets for you guys. I hope you were listening. To what he was talking about. Also, I hope you saw his intensive, uh, you know, gaze trying to figure out and understand some of the concepts in the conversation because it's all about a two-way conversation, all about trying to 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 hear both sides and to understand things and to pick up knowledge wherever you can pick it up. That's what it's all about, guys. So until next time, we'll catch you on the next Forbidden Knowledge Podcast. Hi, my name is Billy Carson, and I'm the president of Forbidden Knowledge. We have an amazing investment opportunity here for anyone who wants to buy shares in Forbidden Knowledge. The money that's generated from this crowdfunding platform is going to be used to bring on a new content acquisitions partner. We're going to hire a new in-house graphics designer, a social media manager, a put together a customer service team and a customer service management program that will organize and satisfy all the different legs of Forbidden Knowledge, Inc., as well as, and of course, make more improved, high-quality streaming content for the Forbidden Knowledge TV platform, which right now is featured on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, iOS and Android apps, and also, of course, the web. The streaming platform is a year old right now and doing very, very well, and we're looking for your support where you can not only be a conscious customer, but also be a part owner in an amazing opportunity that includes streaming TV, book publishing, and e-commerce. Grow with us and earn with us. Forbidden Knowledge, Inc. You are watching Forbidden Knowledge TV. This is Billy Carson with ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. Forbidden Knowledge TV has just reached its one-year anniversary. That's right, one year. And as a show of appreciation, we are giving all new subscribers a free 30-day trial of ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. That's 30 days to binge watch thousands of movies, documentaries, conferences, workshops, lectures, yoga classes, meditation courses, and so much more. So log on to ForbiddenKnowledge.tv from your computer or mobile device or get the Forbidden Knowledge TV app on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play today and use coupon code 30DAYSFREE. That's coupon code 30 days free on ForbiddenKnowledge.tv today.